Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Political State from the Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder with the Oklahoman's Dig Team. And in this week's episode, we're going to devote almost all of our conversation to the governor's race, the race for Oklahoma governor to replace Mary Fallon, who has reached term limits this year. An open seat has brought out uh, quite a crowded field, at least on the Republican side, and the primaries are less than four months away. So here with me in the studio to talk about this, uh, Justin Wingerter from our uh, federal government desk, and then uh, Chris Castile off uh, from the road, uh, probably logging more miles than anybody in the newsroom <laughs> except for the Thunder Beat Riders. Uh, Chris Castile has been uh, ch- tracking, chasing, however yeah, you want to yeah. put it, the candidates for governor. Almost 2,000 miles. Yeah, right? well, welcome, welcome home, Thanks. Chris. Um, <laughs> it's been let's, fun. Like I said, we've got quite a crowded field of candidates on the Republican side, so we'll start there, but there's a couple of candidates um, running as Libertarians and Democrats, and, mm-hmm. and, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. But I think right now a lot of the attention, obviously, is on the Republican field for a lot of reasons. One, this is probably going to be your likely front runner in such a Republican state. Um, we're expecting there to be a runoff if, if none of the candidates are able to get that uh, 50 plus one right. percentage of the vote, um, then the top two will go on. Um, kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of what the field looks like right now. Who, who are our front runner candidates, do you feel like, um, you know, based, I know there's been some polling, but just kind of based on your sense of the race, you know, and then, you know, what do those second and third tier candidates look like and, and how's, how's the race shaping up with just four months away? Yeah, um, it, it, it is, it, it's very active out there. You know, I know a lot of people aren't paying attention right now. So a lot of these candidates are just speaking to very small groups or, or political groups like mm-hmm. a, a county GOP or, a, you know, a district GOP gathering. But th- there was one poll and I, I think the, the I think just kind of from a common sense standpoint, you have to put a couple of the people with elected experience, you know, mm-hmm. that, that now are office holders who have won elections as the front runners. Mm-hmm. That would be Lieutenant Governor Todd Lamb, who's won two statewide elections. He's, he will tell you mm-hmm. that he's been in 77, all 77 counties many times. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other one that you have to automatically look to is the mayor of Oklahoma City, who's very, very well known in this media market, which extends well beyond Oklahoma City. That's Mick Cornett. Mm-hmm. Another, we're talking Republicans here. Mm-hmm. And the third one that I think, you know, he has a, he has a lot of money because he's putting, he's matching every dollar that he raises with his own money is Tulsa businessman Kevin Stitt. There's a lot of buzz about him. Mm-hmm. He's a fresh face. Uh, there is another um, uh, Tulsa person who's, who's run before Gary Richardson, an attorney. And you know, he, there, he definitely has some people who like him, but he's a known quantity. Mm-hmm. He, he ran unsuccessfully as an independent in 2002. And the fifth one is also a state office holder, um, Gary Jones, who's currently the uh, state auditor and inspector, and he was chairman of the uh, Oklahoma Republican Party and has a base really because Mm -hmm. of that, um, somewhat of a base. And there is a sixth candidate, or at least rumors of a sixth candidate, named Dan Fisher, mm-hmm. who I actually just ran into at the state capitol. Yeah. I've never met him before because he doesn't go to forums, that the and he's not out on the road like these other candidates. So that's the that's the Republican side, and I would say, you know, the the, the top tier as as I see it now is uh, Lamb, Cornette, and mm-hmm. Kevin Stead. But you know, there are only two places in that runoff, and you know, there's. It's going to be a dogfight for those for those yeah. two spots. It's going to, you know, the ads have started, somewhat, and uh, but and they're all friendly bio, introduce mm-hmm. yourself type ads, but but that'll change. And on the Democratic side, Drew Edmondson, um, the former Attorney General for 16 years, a state prosecutor before that, you know, he's he's got mm-hmm. good name recognition. He he's also run before, and. Uh, State Senator Connie Johnson, you know, Drew Edmondson obviously has a ton of money mm-hmm. compared to her, 
so he's in a good he's in a good position, I think, to win that. And then there's yeah, there are a couple of uh, I think there's actually three libertarians, but the two that I've seen the most are Rex Lawhorn and Chris Powell. Yeah. And of course that's you know they're they have their own their parties recognized. They'll have their own primary, you know, and. Uh, but they will have a candidate in the general election. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, at this point of the race, I mean, you know, most of these candidates announced last year, and then, you know, over mm -hmm. the last couple of months, it's been, you know, traveling across the state, kind of talking to these more engaged groups, trying right. to maybe kind of try to win the base. And so I imagine over the next several weeks, we're going to start to see, you know, more television ads, more attention, and trying to appeal to that broader Republican base or, or network. Both. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's start with Lamb, because Lamb's interesting, because for Lamb, um, you know, a lot of voters right now are kind of frustrated with state government, mm -hmm. um, and they're you know with the, the budget fights that are happening in the legislature, and, and you know and those are issues that the candidates are having to speak to a lot. Um, out of all the candidates, Lamb is the most connected. I mean, granted, he's not oh, yeah. a member of the legislature right now; he doesn't have this vote. But you know, he's been you know a part of uh, Fallon's cabinet. It's not anymore. But I mean, he's been in the Capitol. How much is he is he trying to is he running on the on his experience <laughs> the Capitol, trying to run from it? What's that What's that been like? I think mostly he's trying to run from. It. But, but you're absolutely right. It is in his DNA, state government. His father was a longtime mm -hmm. state senator from Enid, uh, Republican, you know, back when there were hardly any Republicans in, in the state legislature. I remember his father when I covered the you know, state legislature 30 years ago. And so he grew up. That's, it, it's part of his life is, uh, you know, is uh, being a Republican, uh, an Oklahoma Republican. And he was in the state Senate. And mm -hmm. in fact, I believe was the first... Um, Republican Senate floor majority floor leader, you know, when they first. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's been in that building a lot. He worked for Frank Keating, the former Oklahoma Republican governor, for many years. So, I mean, he's he's a very familiar face in the state capitol. It's very hard for him to talk about, you know, being in, not part of the problem. He does. Yeah. And, he, you know, he has a different kind of analogies that he uses, you know, whether it's like, I think he's used them with you before mm -hmm. about being on the 50-yard line but not having a headset, you know, yeah. or that kind of thing. A lot of, of football thing. now. A lot he of football, football now. now. Yeah. <laughs> People used to call his dad coach. Um, so anyway, he, he wants to distance himself from the current problems. And, he, you know, he very famously resigned from uh, Governor Fallon's cab, you know, cabinet mm -hmm. um, when she proposed uh, extending the state sales tax to a bunch of services that are that are not currently taxed, and he said, "This is terrible for small business. I'm an advocate for small business. I'm off of this." You know. Yeah. So. He had his first uh, ad right. came out recently, which doesn't uh, mention his we, state yeah. experience. We, it doesn't mention his state experience. What it does mention, it mentions his experience in the, in the Secret Service, right? Um, and something that we've actually talked. To, I mean, there's actually a scene where he's he's walking through like this laser scope, yeah. of, you know, almost like I'm going to take a bullet for the state. I don't I don't know what the, I don't know what the bullet is. I don't know what the well, target yeah, yeah. represented, but it's really dramatic kind of yeah, yeah. Him walking through the laser. Um, talks about Trump. Trump. Uh, I mean, it mentions him by name. Very high, I mean, very high favorability rate. You've written about the uh, um, very high favorability ratings Trump has in this state. And that's obviously not surprising for a lot of reasons, but you, you talk about, you know, Lamb is connected in state government. He's, a, he's connected in Republican politics. I mm -hmm. mean, his crew is probably... Uh, you know, pretty top notch when it comes to running Republican campaigns. They are. I mean, if they're, yeah. if any campaign is going to know or 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 feel like they know what it takes to win a Republican primary, uh, that his you know his campaign crew probably has the advantage. Right. That now. is a that is a very key point. That is absolutely right. I mean, they, what what you have to do is win the first round 
with the GOP, the Republican primary electorate. Mm -hmm. And this, this group that he has, this uh, consulting firm that he has, I think I was telling, they probably have the phone number of everybody who's going to vote in that primary and the runoff. And that's, you know, that's an even narrower group of people is, you know, once you get into the runoff, who's, um, participation drops off dramatically. It's really the hardcore voters who will turn out for that runoff. So he is, he is targeting, and, and the word conservative, I, you mm -hmm. know, I didn't count the times that it was, <laughs> but it's, it's in there quite yeah. a bit. Conservative Trump supporter yeah. Law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you talk, I mean, I think we've talked about this before in the show. I mean, right now, over the last several weeks with the state legislature, there's been a lot of talk about increasing taxes to fill the budget hole, to fund teacher pay raises, and those kinds of things. Even though they weren't able to reach the, the three-fourths majority necessary, a majority of Republican lawmakers were in favor. Sure, yeah. Republican, or a majority, it felt like a majority of Republican business leaders were in favor. Mm -hmm. Yet, almost all the candidates running for governor, with the exception of one, maybe two, um, and this includes Lamb and, and Cornette, did not come out in favor of these right. tax increases. So collectively as a state, while we've kind of gotten to a point where we're talking about maybe you know, a willingness to raise taxes, even in a conservative state like Oklahoma, you know, these candidates which are targeting the Republican primary have not gone that far. No, They're you're right. That's, that a, that's, that's another excellent point. I was just, I'm, I'm working on a piece about Gary Richardson, the Tulsa attorney who's in the GOP um, uh, field as well. And I was, I was looking at my video from when he spoke at a forum in Crowder, and he, his line was something to the tune of, we don't need more taxes to address our problems in this state, and it gets a huge round of applause. He was speaking to a meeting of the second congressional district Republicans. That covers a huge swath of eastern Oklahoma. And that was the reaction to him saying that. And that's why you haven't mm -hmm. seen, you know, many in the Republican. You've only seen Gary Jones, really, yeah. the auditor inspector, come out and say, we do need new revenue, new recurring revenue. Here's my plan for it. He's the only one. Yeah. Does Jones suffer then from his moderation? Uh, I mean, running in a primary, you didn't put him in that top tier, despite the fact that he has won a statewide election. Right. Two. Former Republican, yeah, and former Republican, yeah. state Republican Party chairman. I mean, it, is that the reason he's not in that top tier right now? Is his moderation on, on issues like taxes? <laughs> I think that, you know, that, that's more recent. I mean, I think that, that's not going to help him with the primary electorate. I, I, I think because he has almost no money. You know, he's a terrible fundraiser. He was even as a, um, you know, when he was chairman of the party. And fundraising is just not Gary Jones' thing. But he has all, but, but grassroots, you know, appeals and organization is his thing. So I was talking to a guy in Payne County, one of the, when I was there one time, it was a G Payne County um, GOP meeting, who said, we wouldn't even have this meeting if it weren't for Gary Jones because he made it his, you know, mission when he was chairman to revitalize the county parties, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I think mainly it's money. It's also Gary Jones has kind of a, he's, he's not good at sound bites. He's not real polished. He's not good at sound bites. You've talked to him many times, I think. He tends to get kind of, mm -hmm. he knows so much that he gets kind of deep in the weeds and, yeah. really, you know. Yeah, and that's tough. I mean, it's I, tough. campaign managers will tell you just like the sound bites. Sound bites, yeah. We don't, keep we don't it need simple. The, the thesis. Uh, you know, so let's talk about Cornette. So we, we put him in the first tier. Um, you know, running with Lamb. We were we were talking about this earlier actually today. Um, you know, Cornette. You know, is kind of running on this idea of, 
you know, overseeing the renaissance of Oklahoma City or, or being right. part of that tenure of overseeing that renaissance. Um, he's kind of, I don't, I don't know that his name recognition nationally would be that high, but you, he's commonly been on the Sunday talk shows. Right. Um, a lot of people like to ask him about being a, a mayor of a Republican town. He's a Republican mm -hmm. that raised taxes and, and stuff like that. He's kind of come across as more of a moderate. Um, when he entered the race, a lot of his supporters or those that were attracted to him pointed to the fact like listen he's, he's common sense he's more more of a moderate mm -hmm. he's pro-business he's gonna you know during this time of bickering and fighting and identity politics he may be able to cut through that um, but we were talking how much has has he shaped the race or has the race shaped him because he's I mean there are I mean you've written about this before on, on specific issues like the president I mean there has been some things that he is quite frankly uh, well, flip-flopped on, yeah. essentially. Well, I, I think, you know, he, he was um, the head of the, um, the uh, U.S. Conference of Mayors, yeah. which is, it's, it's, all, it's probably mostly Democrats, but, it's, but it's, a, it's a group that strives very hard to be bipartisan, mm -hmm. or even nonpartisan. Yeah. Really. They, they feel like city issues are not partisan issues. So he walked the line, I think, a lot as, as, as a member and a leader of the Conference of Mayors not to... Mm -hmm. You know, sound like a, a a Republican or you know a conservative Republican from Oklahoma, from a red state. Mm -hmm. Now he has to. He has to have an entirely different message. So he does sound a lot different when he's talking about Trump or when he's talking about guns or immigration or anything. He's going to sound a lot different than he did. The races to answer your question, you, you framed it perfectly. The race is shaping him, I think. Well, and you and you wrote recently about, uh, and you had a video showing things he was saying about Trump as a candidate right mm -hmm. before the election. I mean, he had he didn't endorse him. I mean, far I mean, from in, it. In fact, I mean, he was brought on national television, and and you know for this very reason, probably as a Republican, you know, mayor being asked, what do you think? You know, what do you think about this this field? What do you think about Trump, candidate Trump? And he was saying, I can't, I can't endorse him. I just yeah, can't, can't I find can't a get, way to endorse him. I can't, him. Get, yeah, can't get Well, there. now he yeah. has. And yeah. what's interesting about that is that no matter what you think of the president, what you thought about him before is probably what you think about him now. Uh, if you were, a, I mean, I just he hasn't. He's not. He has not been a, a president. I think that has probably swayed your opinion much, one way or the other. If you if you didn't like him before, you're probably not like. Well, I actually kind of like. I mean, maybe there's some <laughs> examples of that, or vice versa. If you didn't, if you if you loved him, you probably you know are still pretty much a supporter. But uh -huh. as you're running for a Republican primary, um, you gotta like Trump. Yeah, right I now. mean, the, the, I had never seen. I'd, I'd probably seen him speak five or six times. Um, then we went to this forum that everybody was at in Eastern, except for Dan Fisher, um, in Eastern Oklahoma um, a couple weeks ago. And as part of his opening remarks, he, he talked about this you know, game-changing election where he jumped out of bed the day after the election and called him up, hey, you know, I want to I meet with you. And I was the first mayor to get into Trump Tower to meet with Trump, and this is a county mm -hmm. where 78 percent of the, the county went 78 percent for for Trump. Yeah. You know, I had, I had not heard him speak about you know speak about him in Oklahoma City or um, other areas where I had seen Cornette speak, but you get into this county where it's so heavily mm -hmm. pro-Trump, and it comes up. Yeah. One of the things interesting about Trump is, I mean, Trump did not win the primary, the Oklahoma primary. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't that Oklahoma was just in the bag for Trump. But now, I mean, as a Republican, especially hardcore Republicans, I mean, Trump's your guy. Yeah. And yeah. I think we've what we've seen, I think Justin, you and I have talked about this. I mean, I've, 
Trump uh, Republicans have embraced him, even if they were you know reluctantly embracing him on election day. I mean, he's the power, the party has now adopted him. I mean, he's you know he's the party leader as the president, obviously. Um, and so, you know, even though Oklahoma may not have been waving the flag for Trump during the primaries, I mean, they have embraced him now. His approval rating remains you know fairly high here in Oklahoma. You know, one of the highest in the nation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I mean. Cornette's probably, you know, from a campaign perspective, it probably would be a little foolish to not be on the Trump but wagon. When you're a candidate, there are degrees of accepting Trump or promoting Trump or, I mean, you know, siding with him. I mean, and many congressional candidates right now are not bringing him up, even Republicans. Yeah. Now, in Oklahoma, you get more of that than you do nationwide. But there are some Republicans who would rather not tie themselves to Trump. Um, in Oklahoma, we are seeing, uh, I mean, talking about the gubernatorial candidates, people who would usually focus on state issues are actually willing to look at the federal issues and, and side themselves or, you know, tie themselves even to Trump. I mean, talk about Todd Lamb and that ad being the most obvious case of that. But now even Mick Cornett, someone who's probably not a, a big proponent of Trump and hasn't been in the past. Yeah. And is tying himself to that. Because is Mullen like the biggest Trump person in the delegation? Mullen or Inhofe? Mark Wayne yeah, Mullen, the I would say, second yeah. district congressman. Right, mm. and you're just talking about the second district in eastern Oklahoma. Uh, used to be a solidly Democratic yeah, district, but it certainly is not anymore. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Mark Wayne Mullen, probably of the House delegation from Oklahoma, is your strongest proponent of Trump, uh, defender of Trump. Uh, and then probably Inhofe, certainly among the two senators, mm -hmm. more so than Langford. Langford has made clear. He has some disagreements with Trump's behavior, his words, his uh, that sort of his way of acting, I guess. His uh, approach. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much. I don't know how much Trump is going to be a part of the election um, in a Republican primary for 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 governor. Um, I think Trump, I think over the summer, obviously the midterm elections, I think he'll be pretty big. What kind of impact that has in Oklahoma, who knows, but on a national level. Um, but, so I don't think it's going to be like the top three issues for voters going into the ballot box. But it definitely seems, as you said, Cornette, even though now he's kind of endorsing Trump, he doesn't seem to have this much comfort with it. So I thought it was really interesting that Lamb, he threw it down on the ad. And I almost wonder how much do you think Lamb is going to try to pull him this way? Like, I, okay. Your, your reluctant support for Trump, I'm going to embrace Trump. I mean, to try to now, he's driving him to the right on the president. I mean, and I think I think Lamb can do it with, uh, I mean, I think he 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 embraces Trump because he legitimately is a, is a fan of the president yeah, or supports the president. Um, you know, I have to imagine he's going to, he his, his I imagine his team knows that and is going to try to draw him in on and, that. And I, and I think that there will be, some of the things that, that uh, the mayor said about Trump in 2016 will find their way into ads before yeah. this primary is over with. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like- And the wall, remember, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I think I think his, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the direct quote about, uh, that the mayor had about the wall, but I think it was like, there's no need for it. Yeah. It's, that's un, the wall is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. or it was along those lines. I, I, I can't believe that's not gonna be yeah. used somewhere. Hey, Oklahoma is a very, as you guys both know, very, you know, very conservative on immigration. Mm -hmm. The Republican, the Republican electorate in this state is very conservative on immigration. Yeah, if you don't like Trump, I don't know that Cornette has done any, I mean, you, then you don't like what Cornette is saying on Trump because he has effectively endorsed him now. But if you do like Trump, I don't know that you still like what Cornette yeah. has said on it because he hasn't holistically endorsed it. And so it'll definitely be interesting to watch. I, I know you kind of mentioned Stitt as kind of 
um, you know, maybe in that upper tier a little bit, and maybe that has mostly to do with maybe his financial power. Um, but which one of the kind of outsiders, so to speak, do you feel like um, if you if one of these outsiders was going to surprise and make it past the make it into the runoff, which one do you think has the best chance? I, I think it would be Stitt, just because, as I said, I mean. I'm not saying that everybody knows who Gary Richardson is. You know, he's the outside. He's the Tulsa attorney. Um, but he, he, he did run before, mm-hmm. and he ran as an independent. And, you know, I, I, I got into this in a story, and I'm going to get into it in the story I'm working on now. There's a, there's a big portion. There, there's, there is a portion of the, the Republican primary electorate hardcore Republicans that remember 2002 and resent the heck out of Gary Richardson for running as an independent in that race. Mm -hmm. Gary Richardson was um, well known as a prosecutor in this Mm -hmm. state. You know, he he prosecuted county commissioners, the biggest, you know, corruption scandal in Oklahoma history. And he's well known and well liked in Republican Mm -hmm. circles, a lot of them. You know, Reagan chose him. He was tight with Frank Keating. He ran as an independent against Largent. And he got a lot of votes. I mean, I, I don't have them in my head. And Largent lost by a very small amount mm-hmm. of votes to, to Democrat Brad Henry. And there is there's just, I, I ran into a guy yesterday I hadn't seen in years, a Tulsa Republican. And I go, well, you know, what are you thinking about the, um, Ray, and he told me who he's for. And then I go, well, what do you think about Richardson? You know, you're from Tulsa. He goes, I'll never forgive him for running again. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's that portion that still blames eight years of Brad Henry on Gary Richardson. So I think that the, besides the fact that, you know, he's, he's not a fresh face and that he's got this resentment, this undercurrent with older Republicans, um, that Stitt is probably uh, more appealing of the, of, of the two outsiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the risk of always coming back to Trump, uh, <laughs> do people like Stitt uh, promote that idea that, you know, we have a businessman in the White House, we need a businessman uh, you know, in the governor's mansion, yep. and, and that the wealthy that, outsider thing. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what what. Uh, I mean, of course, Trump was so well known. You know, I mean, he's been part of you know American culture really for since the '70s, I think. You know, or yeah. clearly the '80s, and mm-hmm. then you know through having his own TV show. But um, instead, nobody knows who he is. You know, he started this uh, mortgage company in Tulsa. But I, I think of the two, like I said, I, th- I think because he doesn't have some of the baggage that Richardson has with the primary electorate, yeah. he, he, he might, I, I'd probably say, that at least at this point, that more people are willing to give him a look. Oklahoma is not a state with a long history of governors without political experience. And no. David Walters, uh, who most people don't look too fondly upon in his tenure, and then you have, I mean, Robert Kerr, who people do look pretty fondly upon as governor. And so you have a couple of different examples there, but otherwise, not a long history of businessmen or people from outside of elected office uh, coming into elected had, office. And even Walters was. I think at the Sensing time that he, commission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he was the head of the DHS commission when I was, right. you know, at the. Uh, the Human Services Commission. When I was at the Capitol. I mean, he yeah. he he was he knew politics. He was part of it. He's. Yeah. I did a story about how active he was at OU in politics. So I mean, but Stead is a real real newcomer to politics. He yeah. is such a novice. It, yeah. And it shows a lot when he when he speaks. Chris, tell me about this. Uh, so this uh, this kind of concept you threw out when we were talking in the newsroom earlier today that. You know, in Oklahoma, voters really like the like the nice guy yeah. uh, candidate, the governor. <laughs> tell me a little bit about. Tell us a little bit. Well, about I just that think there's a, you know there's just such an obvious history of them, and, and I think the current governor mm-hmm. is is a really good example, and the one the person who won the Democratic nomination against her, Jerry Askins, 
very nice people. You know, you just, you know, they're always smiling and have, they really don't say negative things about other people. And Brad Henry was pretty much the same way. I mean, very vanilla, you know, very, you know, kind of non-controversial, nice mm -hmm. guy. And, uh, you know, Keating was different. <laughs> Frank Keating was, was willing to offend people. Um, but, you know, George Nye, the, the governor and longtime lieutenant governor of the state, there's just, like, like I said, there, I can think of in my lifetime more examples of that, that sort of personality, you know, that, that very friendly, very Oklahoma mm -hmm. personality, just, just nice, outgoing, you know, not, not, not confrontational, you know, not, not, you know, not critical, not superior, um, you know, obviously, you know, um, Condescending. They're just mm -hmm. they're just genuinely nice people. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, that's the way that Mick Cornett strikes a lot of people. On I, I've been told that that's how a lot of people view him. In you know, after he gives a speech or something, they're very impressed by you know what a nice guy he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he's a and I don't. And he is this, yeah. a nice guy. I mean, I think he is, and I don't. Yeah. And I don't use this as a in a derogatory term. He's very polished. Too. Um, I mean, he's a former uh, sportscaster on television. Right. I think you know, obviously, he's he's and he's still. In fact, you know, he had um, a documentary come out a few years ago that uh, I'm trying to think what it is. Like bust. Bust. Yeah, they kind of mm -hmm. looked at the history of Oklahoma City and over the last kind of few decades. Um, it's real interesting. It's long, um, but it's really interesting. I mean, uh, if you're if you're ever, if you're interested in Oklahoma City history, it's definitely it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I remember interviewing him after that, and I'm saying like, "Hey, you know, you, you used to be a journalist. Um, did you feel like you kind of were scratching that itch again a little bit?" He's like, "Well, I always continue to, to see myself as a journalist. I, mm -hmm. I continue to see myself as a storyteller, mm -hmm. and that's where I think um, I haven't seen much of this. Now you've been on the campaign trail, I haven't, so maybe you've seen some of this. And, and like I said, it's, it seems like he's kind of you know, still kind of getting his feet grounded in this race. But where he's really been compelling is when he can kind of tell stories. I mean, he does tell, tell a lot tell, of stories. Tell stories about, you know, um, you know, but they're positive stories, right? No, they are. You know, they're talking about, you know, and it's always like a kind of a, I mean, you know, Lamb, his football analogies are probably right because he's probably like more like the coach that can kind of, yeah, you know, say, come on, guys, let's rally about it. And, and Cornette is more of the kind of soft approach. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. come on, guy. Like, I mean, just, just their tone is different. And I yeah. think it's going to be really interesting. So I think that kind of that kind of nice guy, nice gal, uh, you know, theory, I think that it works well for Cornette. Yes. Now, all the things that you said, and once again, I mean, there's not necessarily how Trump gets pegged. But once again, I mean, this wasn't a state that went with them out of the gate. I mean, uh, this was a state that went with Cruz and Rubio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then before that, I, th I think it was uh, Huckabee. Um, That's right. So it's uh, yeah. it's more of that kind of religious connection. So as we kind of wrap up here, I want to ask: Is that playing at all? I mean, have, have the have the candidates at all you know brought religion into this? Yeah, I mean, they they do. It's 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 not it's not you know dominant. It's not in any way a dominant thing. But they yeah. do talk about their faith. Uh, almost all of them, you know, will talk about their faith. I, I'm trying to think of who the most. I mean, I I think maybe Todd Lamb, and I think with. You know, let's say, it, you know, it would just be my impression from, you know, a very limited time, you know, with a bunch of the candidates, you know, just a few times. He is probably has the most appeal. If you're like a one-issue voter on abortion, I think you might gravitate mm -hmm. toward Todd Lamb. But he doesn't, you know, like I said, he doesn't make – I'm trying to think of the word that he that – he the phrase he used one time that um, – it wasn't lived, you know, like something like lives by the Bible or lives mm -hmm. biblically. I mean, he, 
like I said, it, it's it's there in a lot of their comments and you know, oh, they, Fisher, I mean, especially. I mean, a, a pastor. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and by the way, I am going to a rally that he's holding uh, this weekend, so I'm, I hope to know more about him after that. Uh, Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Fisher's the one that has, he has said. I mean, he is for an all-out ban of abortion. In fact, in some of the like online ads that he's put out there. Uh, he's got I don't know, he's got an online ad that's like uh, it's like 20 minutes long. It's it's kind of interesting, but um, where he actually kind of goes after his other Republican, I mean Fallon and other people who are writing saying like they're not, you know they're they're still for abortion in some cases, and I'm not for it at all. And it's kind of even tried to cast out. I wonder how much. I'm, I'm not sure how relevant of an issue that is right now in Oklahoma. I mean, majority of Oklahoma voters are obviously uh, pro-life voters. Right, um, right. I'm not sure how much that's going to rear its head. And I, I don't I, expect the Republican candidates to get into a debate about who's. I, I think you're right about that. I, I think I, I think there, there's a sophistication about that issue. I mean, it, basically, all they they want to know is that you are against it. And, but they 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 obviously all you know. I think the majority of, of the electorate knows that this is a U.S. Supreme Court. Thing you know, the, you, you guys could fight about this at the state capitol for months, and it would all still be decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. We've got other fish to fry, you know, so to speak. That you can't. We've got problems that can be solved at mm -hmm. the state level. So, yeah, I, I don't know how how many people Fisher attracts with that with that message, you know. Yeah. Are yeah. there any plans for a televised debate or anything going forward? Not that forward? I know of yet. I mean, there, there are a lot of forums scheduled. Right. I mean, there's one next week in uh, Durant, um, uh, sponsored by the Oklahoma Academy, and there's, a, I think, a week after that or so, there's one in Tahlequah. But I haven't heard of any, like, news organizations yet. Yeah. sponsoring a televised one. Yeah, definitely would be fascinating. Well, obviously, I know we're focusing uh, pretty much all of our conversation on the Republican field. I mean, that's the one that's probably the most interesting right now, uh, unknown how that'll go. Um, and we'll continue to kind of talk about some of the other uh, party races here in, in future episodes. But yeah, the Republican field right now is going to be interesting to watch as, as we try to, like, we're less than four months away, right? Yeah. I mean, June is the, is the primary election, and then a five runoff. weeks away from filing, I think. Five, yeah. Five, less than six weeks from filing, I think. And then uh, a likely runoff after that to be held a, a couple months later. So, well, Chris, it's all year, yeah. it's all a year-long deal. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll let you get back out on the on the trail. <laughs> Although at some point, I got to, I mean, you're all on these small towns. At some point, though, I mean, the race is going to really kind of start to center in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, the media market. That's here, where it's going to be, yeah, I think. And that's where it's going to be decided. I mean, you win the two metros, you, it goes a long way yep. uh, to putting you over the top. That's so. where you need money, too. That's that where you dollars. need money. That's where it becomes becomes a big it's part of it. Critical money for everything, but you especially need it there yeah, for ads. Uh, yeah. Ads in these markets. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for joining us on Glad this week's do. episode Thanks. of Political State. We'll be back again next week. Maybe we can get uh, Dale Denwald out of the Capitol. Um, uh, we didn't even talk about state issues, but a lot going on. Uh, and follow Dale as uh, as bills start moving out of committee, and uh, the uh, we're, well, we're talking about next year's budget and what's going to happen there. Uh, well, with Chris and Justin, I'm Ben with the Oklahoma, and thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you again next week for another episode of Political State.